Hi, everybody. Welcome to the very first episode of The Coco Show. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And today we're going to be talking about Poltergeist and Sailor Man. An eclectic blend of games, both. Absolutely. Before we dive into those games, Aaron, uh, since this is our first proper episode, um, do you want to give us a little rundown of exactly what this machine is? Sure. Uh, we thought just and just in case that uh, we had some new listeners in here that weren't familiar with the Coco or the Dragon, just a, the briefest of summaries of what they are. Because this, we're not going to get into hardware and stuff, but we're just we're here to play some games, man. Because yeah. there are other people that do a better job with that stuff than us. We're Absolutely, just a couple of dumb guys. So, and I like to do this to Brent on ARG. So I'm going to do it to you. So <clears throat> the Coco, the original car computer uh, that came out in uh, uh, back in the day. Uh, had a retail price. I'm looking at it here, Boat. Do you want to take a wild guess as to what the Coco One was selling for? Now this would have been uh, right around uh, 81. 81. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna say um, 4.99. Are you? That's not. Cl- that's not bad. You're way better at this than the brand. <laughs> 3.99. Okay. Okay. Around around 1,250 dollar yeah. dollar bill uh, back in the day. Now uh, the, the Coco came in several different flavors. Uh, you've got your Coco One, and when I say Coco, which you're going to use this term a lot, it, the official name is, of this uh, particular computer is the TRS-80. That's TRS-80. Mm-hmm. Color computer, and then we just short it to Coco. Everyone that has a Coco says Coco. So on the actual, there was no actual branding on the computer that said Coco. No, it was no. always color computer. No, no, okay. it was never really never referred to in house as Coco. Okay. Um, the uh, uh, the color computer was uh, put out by Tandy, uh, and you know, in Radio Shack is where you could buy these things. Now, uh, if you are interested in the Dragon Thirty Two uh, or Dragon Sixty Four, uh, they're basically the same computer that used. They basically used off off the shelf parts basically to make the same computer over in the UK. If you're really interested in more of a deeper look at it, uh, we did a uh, ARG presents on the Dragon a while back, so I'd, I'd shoot you over there and check that out. Uh, and we're going to use the Dragon and the Coco sort of intermittently. We're going to play games from both machines. Uh, so we, because a lot of the Dragon games I didn't even get to see when we, yeah. over here, you know. Yeah. So, so it'll be a lot of fun to try them out. Anyway, the Color Computer One ran from about 1980, 81 to about 1983. Uh, the original version uh, was a 4K unit boat. Uh, and this thing, uh, I've got buddies that had these. I didn't have one of these, but it was in a silver case that it, originally, and they were real. Uh, funky looking keyboard. Uh, was this like a, a, a PC Junior type keyboard? No, it's been since I fooled the PC. It's more like the old. It's sort of like kind of like chiclet sort of, but it's, it was an unusual, not that great keyboard. Mm-hmm. In fact, they had keyboard replacements for it. My buddy has one of these original Cocos, and he put a reset switch on it, a power light, did a bunch of mods to it. That's the Chud, by the way, in case you're wondering. Yeah. Uh, this thing, like I said, it came with a uh, 4K. But you could actually, uh, uh, apparently, you could expand this thing up to 30, 32K. Now, and it, and it also, you could actually get a, a more advanced basic. And these, the Color Computer 1 and the Color Computer 2 had RF out, okay, okay. As, their, as their videos. Mm-hmm. So that's something to keep in mind. Color, Color Computer 2, the Coco 2, came out in around 83, 84, and it ran for a few years. Um, these came out in a 16K or a 64K model. Now, this is the first Coco I ever had. Uh, we had a 64K version of the Coco 2. It had what's called like a melted keyboard, which is a, uh, it's an unusual keyboard. It's like if we took a normal keyboard and just cut all the all the keys in half. 
and sort of laid them down on this black background. You would get this kind of keyboard. It was a, it was a good keyboard, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, to be so honest with you, none of the Cocos had the old Atari four hundred special. No, were, these no. were all membrane. Yeah, no, there yeah. were there was no membrane okay. keyboards. Okay, then you had, and again, this was sixty four K, and again you had. Uh, RF out. Then you had the Coco 3 that came out in 86 and it ran up right up to the end. Uh, this thing uh, came out with 128K that could, and you could uh, pretty easily go to 512 on this thing. Uh, uh, and this this was the your more advanced Coco. And a lot of people compare the Coco 3 to like the Amiga. That's probably stretching it a little, <laughs> to be honest with you. A little. But you got to think this thing came out. Right, right about the same time. Yeah. So, but I mean, no, they're they're, they're they have some similarities uh, to 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 uh, to the Amiga, but it's I mean, I'll, I'll you know, and Roy, really, I don't think the Coco Three was around long enough to be fully explored, uh, like like the Amiga uh, like the Amiga was. Uh, the Amiga or the uh, Coco Three ran until about ninety, and eventually uh, Ed Judge of Ta of the Tandy Corporation announced that they would drop. The Tandy uh, Coco Three. I, I missed that. When what year this was, was that? This was 1990 October. So, in, in fact, they did have enough time to fully explore the. Well, Coco no, it was 3. only no. I mean, think about it. The Coco, the Coco Three was only around like three, four years tops. The this Amiga's is, uh, been around for was around for like ten years. Well, yeah, but I mean, we're not talking about the Mattel Aquarius here. What no, was on the market no, for no, months. no. That's no. what I was thinking. But I mean, originally. it was explored a lot more than that. Sure, I yeah, mean, good yeah, lord. Yeah. That's like, we're never going to compare those two things again. <laughs> Uh, I mean, and you had the, the Coco 3, you were having OS 9, so you had, it was a much more advanced. I, mean, I remember the main thing that I liked about it was that you could you could type in lowercase. <laughs> it was a pretty big deal. When that's a big deal, then you know that, that the Coco 2 and the Coco 1, I mean, you, you could get stuff, though, that could allow you to type in lowercase, right? You could kind of fool the system. Well, into... I used to, when I had my Coco 2, I used to write, I, I think I mentioned this, I used to write my school papers on it. Mm -hmm. And I was the only kid in school that had a printer and a computer that could do this, and I had all these crazy fonts. And you can imagine the fonts you could get. They're like old English oh, and yeah. stuff. And, and of when course, you're a kid, you're not thinking about, maybe this is hard to yeah, read. You're thinking, this looks awesome. And my teachers were like, whoa, yeah. they couldn't believe it when I turned these, you know, type oh, things. Yeah. I, I used an old terminal program that would let you do lowercase mm -hmm. to, to type them out. Uh, and I've, I had a Tandy uh, dot matrix printer. Uh, as I mentioned, they had a t they had Tandy made the printers. They made the modems. They made uh, expansion uh, items. There's an expansion uh, cartridge expansion system that plugs into the cartridge port on the Tandy that gives you extra cartridge slots, basically. So you could put uh, disk drive controllers and and sound packs and and still play your games. So there were there were peripherals as you would expect. It was actually a pretty popular and a pretty big deal back in the day. And one more thing I want to touch on before we leave the hardware section is are the Tandy joysticks. <coughs> they really had two varieties of Tandy made joysticks. They had uh, a model that were the these little black sticks that have one red button on the top mm -hmm. that are not they're analog sticks, they're not self-centering sticks and they are um, they're an acquired taste. Would you compare these to the 5200 stick? No, these are better than that because these work and don't instantly deteriorate. Like That's, those yeah. were the dirt worst right. because you can't keep them working. Right. These are far simpler. It's they're literally just, a just button. They're not self-centering. But and they're yeah. and they're limp. Mm -hmm. But I mean, and they're real thin. But you sort of get used to them. I've no, got a couple. Probably not of them. unlike the old Craft PC joysticks, they're, right? They're they're more. They're not like them, but they're similarly sized stick. Okay. Then they had the the Coco also had Tandy had a deluxe stick, 
and uh, um, the deluxe stick self-centered, and you could turn the self-centering off. That was a great stick, and they're expensive. I'd like to have one, uh, but I, 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 I had one back in my younger days. I don't have one now. So going forward, what I've been using, I've got a couple adapters that let me use just plain Jane Atari-style joysticks on mine. So I've got my Wicos hooked up to it, uh, or my Epics uh, sticks that you that you love so much. So that's what I'm going to be playing on. But I am I'm using a for the duration of this show. I've got a Color Computer Three with 128K and a, a Coco SD uh, expansion that lets me use SD cards in the cartridge slot. So that's what I'm going to be using. You've got to pretty kit it out, Coco. Well, 3. I mean, no. I mean, people that are really into it have some real crazy systems. I, the fellow in the chat room just said he had like uh, two me uh, eight megs of RAM in his Coco 3. I mean, that's huge. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know what you would do with it. And I, I've talked to the guys on Facebook about how much RAM you should get. Mm -hmm. And from what I've been able to ascertain that because you can go up to 512 pretty easily and pretty cheaply, but there's not much out there currently that uses 512, but I guess there's stuff in the pipeline, believe I it or see. not. I see. The Coco still has a very active community, and they're super nice guys. They're super helpful. Very friendly bunch. They're one of the friendlier communities I've, I've you know, gotten into, mm -hmm. so I really like them. So there you go. There's your hardware moment, but we probably won't be going down that road again. <laughs> okay, well, before we get into Poltergeist, Aaron, Yeah. I want to ask you a couple questions because you are sort of a um, connoisseur of the supernatural. Yeah. Okay. Um, a poltergeist is a particular kind of ghost, right? It is a, I think, as I recall, poltergeist is German for um, mischievous spirit, I okay. believe is the, is the, is the uh, translation. Um, and they are, generally, poltergeists were considered harmless Annoyances, mm -hmm. you know, uh, but you know you can't make a movie about a harmless. No, annoyance. you can't. And Poltergeist is a sort of a foreboding sounding name. It's like, oh crap! Yeah, it is. Now you've never seen the film, have you? Oh gosh, no. I'd you be know, terrified. I love this movie. I'll be honest with you. And uh, well, I'll, I'll tell you that whenever I would go and peruse Video Vault over there by the middle school, you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Uh, I would see it, and I would look at the because I would always be curious to look at the tapes. And Poltergeist is only rated PG. That PG thirteen. Oh, I think that they went back and changed it later on when they yeah. This was one of the movies that really. This is an R movie, in my opinion. Uh -huh. I would not show this to my thirteen year old. I remember watching this. The first time I ever saw this was in the band room at middle school, sixth grade. Wow. Um, Simmons doing it right. <laughs> and this came out. Uh, this I didn't realize how old this movie was for starters. I did a little write up on it here. So uh, this came out in '82. That's a long film, yeah. time. I, I swear to you, it doesn't seem like that long. So it to was me. a pretty. It was a new movie when you saw it in sixth grade. Yeah. Well, we had it on videotape, and back then, having movies on videotape was no easy. I mean, right. sometimes they didn't come out for years, you know. And this was a Spielberg movie, but he couldn't direct it because he was doing ET, mm -hmm. and so he brought in uh, another guy, uh, the same guy that did uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh my gosh. Now, have you ever seen that? I'm guessing you didn't see that either. That never, movie is never. disturbing. I will never see that. Uh, but uh, there's room. I've always heard rumors that like Spielberg sort of directed this, and you know maybe couldn't officially do it. Uh, but this is basically the tale of a of a family that gets hot, that gets terrorized by poltergeist. And the whole gimmick of it is, I'm, I'm going to spoil this 30 year old movie or whatever 40 year movie. They their whole housing development they move into was built on an Indian burial ground. That old stick. You don't ever well you don't ever do that. No. And their pool right on top of a bunch of graves. Yeah, it's yeah. no good. And so, guess what? You're a ghost. 
they build this crap on your house, you're not happy. You got right. a bunch of geeks in the house. Yeah. And so what do you do with a bunch of geeks? You terrorize the crap out of yeah, them. Yeah, you do. It starts small. But this movie really ramps up the freak out factor when Carol Ann, the little girl, sits in front of the TV all the time and she's talking to the static. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't remember a time where you had static on the TV and not a blue screen. And it was sort of creepy. And you mm-hmm. would hear signals come through it. And so they took that fear and they turned it up to 11 and it was creepy as heck. Mm-hmm. And the commercials for this movie were just creepy with that little girl going there, here, in front of the TV oh, and, yeah. and all the static. I mean, it was. I mean, I'm getting a little freaked out just listening to hear you talk It was about creepy. It. And the, I will say, and I'm uh, not to get into the movie too much, but the ending of this movie, one of the all time great endings in any movie ever. Just, just let me know, is there a happy ending? Ish. Mm. At the end, the family have retreated to a hotel room, and the very last thing you see from the in the movie is them throwing the TV out. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's glorious. I always thought that was such a great stinger mm. to the end of the movie. I recommend you watch this movie if you have it. It was really, really, really good movie. Uh, but yes, it did push the ra- rating system to the limit, Bo. Yeah. That's for sure. So uh, you need to watch it. Okay, that'd be that'd Maybe. be good. I mean, it's sort of you need to watch I'll it. I'll never watch it. I know no, you I won't. Dead gummit. <laughs> It sucks. So, let's talk about the game. Okay. Poltergeist. Now, you know, uh, this game got released uh, in 82, 83, right in that area there. And this came out on cartridge. And this is one of those games I remember seeing a lot. Uh, uh, It was a Radio Shack. Picture going into an old 80s Radio Shack, right? You've got all your radio parts. You've got all your CB stuff, batteries. Everybody was in a battery club, Mm -hmm. you know. So, picture that scene. And then they had an area back there devoted to cocoa cartridges and tapes. And so you would see all these cartridges. And I remember seeing this one because it had a, it had a cool picture from the movie on it. And it right. was a movie license. And cocoa wasn't uh, what I would call a license heavy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because so, it's expensive to license Yeah. Games. And this is actually the only game of this type that was released. It was I mean, for Poltergeist, this is it. So it's, it's pretty wacky. Uh, so... In this game, you're basically tasked with trying to save Carol Ann from the poltergeist. Mm-hmm. And what you've basically got here are three separate mini-games. Yeah. <clears throat> now, the first game... <laughs> the funny thing about the first game is it really isn't has nothing to do with the poltergeist, the danger. This city was put together by some sadist. <laughs> and everyone <laughs> that drives in this city is it's a madman. Because you, what you have to do is traverse this map. It's an overhead map of, the, of I guess, their subdivision. Mm-hmm. And you're going around to collect various items you need to expunge the poltergeist from the house. And if you watch the movie, these items will have meaning to you. There's towels and rope and a ribbon and tennis balls. I don't know if this means nothing to you, but in in the movie, it makes sense. Why did they need tennis balls? They threw these things into this void, Uh and they would come back out. It's just stuff that was... There's a loose tie, but they're in the movie. And so... What you have to do is these little marks will appear on these houses. You have to run to them to retrieve that item. Mm-hmm. Okay, and you're and you're on a timer, of course. Uh, and so that's not too bad. But what you've got to worry about is everyone on Earth decided to go driving, <laughs> and they drive like crazy maniacs mm-hmm. on these on this grid pattern uh, uh, housing development. So you'll get run over over and over. Plus, you have to contend with this sort of engine noise uh, that is. A bit grating. Yeah, yeah uh, you know. it's, it's not easy on the ears. Yeah, of course, coming off a lot of Spectrum games, this sounded like an orchestra <laughs> compared to that. 
Now, the funny thing about this boat, did you know about this? I'm sure you know about the secret hidden trick on this yeah, level. Yeah, so um, if you hold your fire button down when the level starts, you can prevent the traffic from coming out. But to me, I mean, why bother? Because, I mean, if you're playing the game, play the game. You know, dodge the traffic. It's not that bad. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, but it was it, it gets tough, and, mm -hmm. it, I, and you can easily get ran down. Yeah. That's my point. Yeah. So once you complete your items list, basically, and again, you are timed, you graduate to the second level. And it's funny, this second level, I remember as a kid, I couldn't get past this level to save my life. Really? I thought it was the hardest thing. And so, and I haven't played this game for many years. So this week when I picked it up, I got past the car level. I got to that second level. I'm like, oh, here we go. Man, first attempt. Yeah, I was right up the I, stairs. I, I, I was I like, what was wrong with me? <laughs> so there's a, basically, you're looking at a, a, the bottom, you're at a bottom of a staircase and you have, you're basically a pair of feet, mm -hmm. footprints. Mm hmm. And what you've got to do is navigate your footprints up the stairs. You're sort of like playing Frogger. It's sort of like Frogger, uh, as uh, if the road's got narrower on the other side. Yeah, and, and and you've got you've got enemies or you've got assailants that behave erratically, like the ghost face. Yeah, and there's whole they're kind of black squares yeah. that move around, and so it's, it's challenging. I mean, it's it's definitely more difficult than the first couple overs of Frogger. I didn't think it was that bad. I, I mean, uh, now that I play it again, mm -hmm. when I was a kid, I'm telling you, I can I couldn't get past the thing to well, save my remember life. Remember, you were using that joystick too. That That's didn't help true. Much. That's true. And it, I will say, I was using a much better stick. And it, I wish I'd had the. You know, normally I like to play these machines with their original stuff, but mm -hmm. the joysticks I've got for this thing are the black ones are real beat up. Yeah. And so I have went down to the Atari route. And if I'd had these as a kid, and they did exist because my buddy had them for his, I would have had them in a heartbeat if I'd known they were around. So anyway. Once you get past the, the the staircase level, then you're into the I guess the main event of this game, and the main event of the game is you're going, you're trying to rescue and keep Carol Ann out of the void where the where the demons are, and so what you're treated to here is a very unusual. It's hard to explain what you're seeing. Uh, it's like a, a picture, like looking down a hall as lights shoot all around you. It's almost like you're going into warp drive. It the, is. Yeah. And uh, there's a face that comes out, mm -hmm. and you're basically trying to to whack it. You know, the one thing about this game is I'm, I don't think, I've, I'm not sure I've ever successfully gotten past the third level. I tried repeatedly. Then I went to watch some playthroughs to see what happened. Because what happens is once you get tagged on this, you just basically start over, yeah. and you go back to the, to the auto level. I found the last level cool looking given the parameters of the machine but infuriating but yeah. what did, how, I couldn't I couldn't beat it either and I so. found it very it's I mean I like what they did I mean I think they took some a good chances in 80 in 82 to have a game that had multiple levels in it was pretty uh, unusual yeah. on the Coco. And then to have that particular level be so graphically interesting. Yeah. Well, it's interesting, but it was just so freaking weird. Yeah, and hard. I mean, 82 is, is we're, we're really early on here in, in home computers in 82. And so I think that later on, you know, 83, 84, 85, this type of game became more common. Uh, for example, if you think about the uh, Death Star battle for uh, that came out for a, a lot of the computers, you had two different stages. It was like that, of course, Gorf and all yeah. those you know, types the, of things. The funny thing with that third level is, okay, so you're, you're trying to shoot this poltergeist, right? But what happens is, occasionally, the, uh, Carol Ann will be there and you can shoot her, mm -hmm. effectively. 
uh, and you and you can't if you that means you're done. And so I think that's generally what happens is when you it just starts over. This level is really difficult, and I, I mean, I, I tried and tried and tried. I must have played this game fifty times this week, and I never quite got the hang yeah. of it. I, I went through it over I mean, and over. It, don't let me don't get me wrong. I this is this this level the stair level is no no picnic. I mean, I, I've beaten it, but I've also died a whole bunch on this level too. Yeah. So, but I, so you know, both this you're early in the year cocoa exposure. What what did you think about this thing uh, out of the gate? I thought that this was a quality title. I mean, this was a good game to start out with because it, it showed off <laughs> some of the some of the capabilities of the machine. I mean, I thought that you know on the whole, you know the the game. <laughs> the the first mini game you know it's 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 very simple but uh it was it was fun i it reminded me of the et phone home game on the atari 8 bits <laughs> um because you're also wandering around a city it and does look like parts. yeah, I, yeah okay yeah i have played that yeah. i can see where you're coming from it's it's nothing like that no but, yeah. but it, the, the the setting is similar um, this is also my intro to the, I guess, sort of the normal color, uh, cocoa color scheme. You know, with a lot of blues and oranges. Yeah, and it's things it's, and it's almost like a uh, it's almost like a CGA ish. Mm -hmm. But I mean, you can get in that. There's way more like greens. I mean, it's it's it is an unusual palette. Yeah, yeah. You know that you're gonna that you're gonna find yourself exposed to, especially for something that's built as a color computer. There, there was there was color, mm -hmm. but it wasn't like a rainbow color generally. Right, right. You know, absolutely. So, so, um, I, you know, I thought that um, that the second level was was great. The third level I couldn't beat, so I mean, I can't give this game too glowing a review because yeah. I, I couldn't get past that third level, even the first loop. Because I imagine that the game gets harder on subsequent loops. Well, I mean, you keep going. And, it yeah. Just, it, so yeah, it does. Yeah. I, I just I like to cheat on the first level, so because otherwise you just you're just wasting your time. It's that's yeah. a that's a glaring screw up, by the way, to let that go through yeah. uh, your your error, <laughs> you know, your your bug folks now what did you think in between the levels and at the beginning of the levels there are some there's some flavor text mm -hmm. what did you think is it was it too jarring for you to because the, the cocoa we mentioned this earlier the cocoa basically you got one text and this is what it looks like and you're going to take it and so the the the, the levels that have text are sort of miscut there's the text just appears in a very ugly hideous way yeah and one thing i thought was boy if i was reading this off a um a crt with an RF output, could I even read that at all? Actually, that's yeah. one place that actually helped. Really? Because it's all big, bold lettering. Yeah, that's yeah. true. You know, so, mm -hmm. it, so it's... But, I mean, it, it, that's... You'll notice that in a lot of games going forward is, like, there's no, like... Unless the, someone programmed in, like, a graphic for the text, you're going to mm -hmm. get that kind of blocky, tandy, yeah. tandy text on this. I found zero reviews for this game. I, I found a couple user reviews, but they were mostly garbage. Uh, I did look on eBay to see how this thing was going. Uh, you know, it's funny because I remember this was a cartridge was probably one of the I would and this is just a guess, but I saw it everywhere. It's got to be one of the most produced Tandy cartridges. Uh, I couldn't find any numbers on on how many it sold or how many mm -hmm. they produced, but I mean, I, it was one I saw everywhere. You know, back in the day, I saw one on sale on eBay uh, for twelve bucks, or one had sold for twelve bucks. I had a, a couple guys were looking for twenty bucks, all the way up to sixty bucks for it. The funny thing about Coco games, we should probably talk about this before we move on. A lot of the Coco games uh, that came from like Radio Shack, the cartridges, the boxes sucked, and because the box is effectively a, a square box with a window in the front that shows you the front of the cartridge. Really? Wow. So 
Now, I can't say that with 100%, but I'm, the majority of them like that. And so the boxes were all, I think to a certain degree, were almost interchangeable for some oh, of the stuff. So nobody kept these things, right? Well, Into the garbage right away? I don't, yeah, I haven't, early in our run, I have not, I'm not priced a lot of cartridges. I was thinking on the way up here, I don't think my family ever bought a single cartridge. I can't think of owning a single one. Mm -hmm. if, if you don't count the uh, speech pack and the and the disk drive interface, I don't think we ever bought a single cartridge. Mm. Uh, we were I was on tape right out of the gate. Yeah. You know, so uh, but I remember seeing these things and you know you go window shop and something else I remember is seeing the same it's funny the Coco had a large selection of games, but you saw that at Radio Shack they didn't have that many. And so you saw the same ones over and over, and when a new game showed up at the Radio Shack, this was like a big deal. You know, you're like, holy mackerel, here's a, I can actually uh, see something different for a change. And then when they had it, a lot of times they'd have a Coco fired up there, and you could actually play it, the new mm -hmm. ones. But I mean, that's how rare they were. It was extremely rare. Now, you know, there were several Radio Shacks around where we where we live. Uh, was there one Radio Shack that was really the place to go, or did they all have a similar selection? It's funny. We still have, we're one of the few places that actually still have a, a functioning Radio Shack. It's the same one that was a big deal back then. It's in Dunbar, mm -hmm. uh, right about, what, 15 minutes from here? Yeah. That was the one that was probably the big one that we used to go to a lot. It's, it was been there for a long time. Also, the one, there was one at St. Albans Mall that was popular, mm -hmm. and, and we and one at the uh, Huntington Mall as well. So, yeah, Radio 6, back in the day, they were everywhere. Yeah. In fact, we they, had one five miles from the house before it they went all They up. all stocked Coco stuff. Yeah. yeah. All Radio Shacks I ever went to had Coco okay, computer cool, stuff cool. in them, yeah. So, yeah. But Poltergeist... I think it's a fun game. Uh, the third level looks awesome. I think you could have almost had a game based strictly around this play mechanic sure. and just done a better job. Mm -hmm. I think they 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 shot for the stars and they, you know, halfway there, yeah. you know, somewhere in the middle. Let's talk about Sailor Man, Aaron. Now you know, uh, I when I first pitched Coco to you, this is one of the games I was like, listen, you got to try this because it's an outstanding game. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm just going to throw my cards on the table here. I'm a big fan of this particular title. And so when Boat's like, what should we do for our first show since we don't have no one picking the games for us? I was like, let's do a couple of diverse titles. And this is the first one I picked, which was Sailor Man. Now, uh, this title is sort of, if you were in the Coco scene back in the day, this is sort of a, a uh, one of the, your top tier titles. Everyone knows about it. Uh, the author of this was a fellow named uh, Chris uh, Latham. He also did a great uh, version of Donkey Kong uh, called Donkey King, which was another great one. I'm sure we'll cross swords with that somewhere down the line. And he did this for an outfit called uh, Tom Mix Software. Tom Mix Software was a prolific Coco uh, publisher. Uh, I think they did some stuff for other machines, but I know Coco was, I saw tons of stuff for Coco. I look high and low, and I'm, this is going to be an ongoing investigation to find some stuff out on these guys, because I found very little information on them, and their name turns up again and again, but I don't know much about Tom Mix. Um, so, what is Sailor Man? Well, Sailor Man is a uh, clone of Popeye, the arcade version from Nintendo. Uh, I know you're a big fan of that game, and so am I. Well, mm. <coughs> No, you're not. No. Really? I don't like Popeye. Surprised. I'm looking at it. You've got it on your wall over there. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've got I've got a box copy for the Nintendo, but I just know. Um, now, get this, Boaster. The original version of Popeye got ported to a bunch of crazy systems. The ones you would expect are the C64, the NES, ColecoVisions, Ataris, you know, all that stuff. 
The one that always strikes me as funny is the Odyssey 2. And we've actually played that version. That, was that a Brazil only release? Yeah, it was or something. something like, and it, yeah. it was it was playable. Yeah. And it was recognizable, mm-hmm. but that's pretty much the extent of it. And Popeye home ports were uh, a mixed bag uh, back in the day. Oh yeah. Um, you would get um, often they just had the first level, mm-hmm. uh, and they were you know you're dealing with some rudimentary machines. Oh yeah, and I mean to me one of the reasons why I I, I don't I don't think Popeye is very good is that. The most of the enjoyment that comes from Popeye comes from the fact that the sprites are so big and lifelike and look like the cartoon. Car- exactly, yeah. and so it does. It uh, they do. I mean, this game loses a lot in translation mm-hmm. most of the time, uh, and so uh, I, you can imagine. Here's young Aaron. I'm looking. And I've got. A, I mean, listen. Clone games, as you'll discover as we go through this show, are no, no nothing new in the Coco. That's pretty much all we had because mm-hmm. there were very few licensed arcade releases. I mean, I can think of a couple. Zaxxon comes to mind. It got an official release, but there weren't a ton. And so, here comes this game, and I literally could not believe what I was playing when this thing fired oh, yeah. out. yeah. I mean, Drop Dead, uh, gorgeous. If, if you skip out on the fact that the colors are, you know, you only have four colors or so. The rest of it is, I mean, they did a great job. So good. Very, so, so good. we mentioned this was uh, felt done by Chris Latham. Now, this was the very first commercial game ever released on the Coco that required 64K. Was this a commercial release? Yeah, Tom Mix released this. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So this was for sale. For sale. Mm. And one thing you're going to learn is that there are no scruples in the, <laughs> in the Coco. They, I mean, and of course, you should learn that from the Spectrum. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, they they were more than happy to release exact ringers. Mm-hmm. You know, if you can get away with it. I mean, what are you going to go after? Is Nintendo going to go after Tom Mix? Right. Give me a break. They don't know who that is. Especially at this time, <gasps> Nintendo is not what they are now. Now, this game, aside from the fact that it's a great game, it's one of the all-time great magazine ads from back in the day. Uh, I remember getting, I used to get Rainbow Magazine all the time, which is a great mag uh, for, the, for the TRS-80. And when this ad first came out, it was something to the effect of you are as the sailor man and you are trying to rescue your damsel Elsie uh, and, in this game. And to do that, you have to get past, uh, uh, you've got to get past the, the bad guy. And to get past him, you have to get your collared greens mm-hmm. marked S for collared greens. Does Elsie need an endless supply of love? She does not. The the the, uh, the bad guy in this is called Big Fat Bad Guy, and the uh, the uh, the the lady playing the sea hag is ugly, uh, old ugly sea woman. Oh, and she doesn't throw bottles; she chucks empties. Creative. Which is, I love that. <laughs> To this day, I've me, and my, a few me and my friend Hose have used chucking empties. <laughs> oh, such a great way to phrase something. That is great. Chucking empties. So, um, if you play the arcade version of this game, you're going to be right at home. Uh, the, this is a multi-platform game with three levels where you play the Sailor Man as you try to collect. At the first level, you try to collect Olive's hearts as she's thrown out her love. This is like the Sinclair game. You have mm-hmm. to go get her love. Right. And if her love lays around too long... You die. Yeah, it's because she throws her hearts down, and they float down through three levels, really four levels, and into the water, the ocean, because I guess you're at the dock because you're a sailor man. That's right. And you've got to get your heart, retrieve the heart before it sets in the water too long, otherwise you lose a man. As you go through this level, uh, the big fat bad guy is on your tail. He roams the level in pursuit of the sailor man. 
And uh, the only you can't do anything to them until you eat your collard greens, Mark Desper collard greens. Uh, the one time that appears, you can go over and bonk him, and it, he you knock him hither and yarn across the uh, play field, and he falls in the water. Uh, the other option you have for dispatching him is to uh, knock a barrel that's suspended over the middle of the playing field. If you hit a punching bag, the barrel comes down, you can drop it on his head. Yeah, again, this is this is another thing that is. It's such a random. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm critiquing the arcade game at this point, but the, I always had a problem with that particular mechanic because it's so random to be able to actually pull well, that off. Well, if you're if you know how the big fat bad guy moves, you can sort of time it. Mm-hmm. It's not an exact science, not for me anyway. I've played this game about a million times, the arcade and the uh, home version. Now, uh, the ugly old sea woman is chucking empties, and she'll literally can appear multiple times, and she often does. And she chucks them at you, and you have to hit punch the uh, bottles with your big old meaty forearms mm-hmm. and fists to get rid of them. So once you get, once you grab all of Elsie's uh, love hearts, you proceed to the second level. The second level is you're on like a, a multi-story, multi a building with multi platforms. Mm-hmm that you have to go around, and she's singing you a love song. Mm-hmm. Isn't that sweet? Yeah. And Elsie, uh, as she sings, her musical notes descend from the heavens, and you've got to retrieve these and and uh, catch it so you can hear the whole musical song that she does. And so you run back and forth retrieving these. Again, same play dynamic. You've got a uh, big fat bad guy on your tail, and you've got uh, the ugly old sea woman chucking empties at you. The added different, uh, difference in this is there's a there's a basically like a uh, a teeter totter in in the corner, and so when you get down to that level, if you if you hit the teeter, you'll fly up in the air, and your sweet pea is is on a little float. He's holding a balloon, and under him is a little uh, a little like a uh, a plat a platform, a little tra- thing with handles, and if you bounce up at the right time, you can grab that, and get extra points, sort of float up. Do they name sweet pea? I can't game? remember what he was called. To be honest with you, he had a different name too. Uh, but once you get all the uh, musical notes, you and you get to hear the song. And I should mention this game's got great music. Mm-hmm. Doesn't it? Were, yeah. What were you? Were you impressed with the? Uh, I was very impressed. Did you very didn't expect? You didn't expect much, did no, you? No, I, I my musical expectations for the Coco were low, and yeah. I, I'm learning that this is not. The A case. lot of people are like that, and I remember loading up stuff just to hear the music, and I was like, man, this is really good, multi-voice. Yeah. You know, and it was, and this game they did they did not skimp on the tunes. It's got tunes all throughout. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, <laughs> once you get past this, uh, the musical note level, you're on to the last level of the game, which is the pirate ship level. Uh, in this level, you have to, uh, all of us uh, sending out letters that basically spell out, help me, uh, and you have to grab them, and as you, every letter you get, a, a, a ladder portion appears in the middle of the screen. And once you have gotten enough of her letters, uh, you can climb up the ladder and rescue her. Uh, on this level, you're, there's, amongst other things, there is a moving uh, platform that goes back and forth in between uh, different parts of the ship. There's also uh, the, her vol- the uh, ugly old sea woman's vulture mm. that, that, that uh, comes around, dive bombs you occasionally, have to deal with him. Plus, of course, ugly, ugly uh, big fat bad guys there as well. Uh, and, it's, and once you finally complete that ladder, you win the level. And you get Elsie's love, and then the game starts over. Now, did you mention that this was the first 64K game available? Yes. Okay. I want to ask you, what percentage of Coco <laughs> owners do you think were running 64K machines back then? Well, this came out in 84. So I would say... I would say... It's hard to... You know, boy, I, I, it'd be all speculation, to be honest yeah, with sure. you. Yeah, um, sure. 
Would you in, say most of them out there were not in eighty four? I would say probably let's say half. Okay. I would say if it was like eighty six, I'd say most people at did that you, point. Did you see in ads? You know, a lot after from this point going forward, sixty four k required. Not a ton, uh-huh. you know. But here's the thing, and I'll just might as well come clean since you put me in a corner here, boat. I did not buy most of my games sure. for the Coco. I don't think uh, anybody. Uh, the only games you could really buy here, you had two options. Okay, in Hurricane West Virginia, you could go to Radio Shack and buy your cartridge uh, if you found one that looked good, uh, or you could order out of a magazine. Mm-hmm. Around here, we had access to two magazines. One was called Rainbow, and one was called Hot Cocoa. And there were others, but those are the ones I saw. And you could send away and get discs. Now, I actually did order one game out of the magazine. It was called WrestleManiac, uh, and that I still have somewhere. Uh, but we didn't. But we were little kids too. I ended up getting into a big uh, trading ring. The Cocoa scene was real big uh, with. In the back of Rainbow, there would be pen pals, and you could you could hook up with people. And I managed to meet some people and got some underground newsletters sent to my house, mm-hmm. and they would send we'd swap discs and stuff. So that's how I got a, a large got to see a large chunk of the games I got to play. And this is one of them. This was there was a zero percent chance. I mean, I don't know where they sold these in America, uh, but it wasn't at Radio Shack, and it wasn't at any store I ever went to ever. Yeah. And I never saw anyone selling any Radio Shack stuff at any store but Radio Shack. Right. So. It's it is it is sort of a mystery, uh, you know. It's weird having this is uh, you know we do the spectrum and and I don't know anything about that. But having grown up with this, this is one thing I do. <laughs> and it was it wasn't like the spectrum at all where you could go out to the store and just get whatever you want. You couldn't get jack squat here. You, it, you couldn't find it. Uh, so, but in terms of your question, I don't know. Now, this game would be awesome just at what we've talked about. You got all the levels; they loop, they get harder, but uh, they added more. Much more, and so if you, if you hit the clear button, uh, you could access the options menu. And this and the options in this were really awesome. You could change. You there were difficulty. I think it's one to nine, and you could set the difficulty for one or two players and individually set it. Mm. So you could play with your buddy who sucked, and you're awesome. And you could be playing at like six. He could be playing at one. Oh, that's incredible. I like that. Yeah. Of course, it did have two player support. It also let you start on whatever level you wanted. Oh, wow. So if you wanted to play the second level or the third level, whichever one, you could start on whichever one you wanted, which was awesome. It had a high score table. It also had the, uh, a very unusual thing that you could turn on that would make all the live, all the levels invisible. Huh. And this is also that's for the master. Right? And that's and so you play on a, on invisible screens, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, it was real uh, ahead of its time. You know, I love the ability to set your skill level in between players. Yeah. I think that's an awesome that thing. Is, yeah, being able to handicap. I mean, what games did that ever? You know, there's just that you hardly ever see that I on I think Jumpman did it. There were some games. There was something you saw more back in the, in the or when the games are more simple, okay. you know. But this, this I've done that, and it's it's not easy. It's not easy at all. Yeah. To, and you'd think it would be a little, not too bad, but it's pretty tough. Um I've always loved this game, like I said, and I was uh, uh, when I went back to it, it played be- way better than I remembered. I mean, I just thought it was great, and uh, I think amongst the ports of Popeye to the home uh, market, this has got to be ranked well up there. Sure, uh, and it was better than anyone I played. Now yeah. I'm sure there are better ones, but I haven't played them. It, like I said, if you, you have to get past the color, 
uh, uh, but which is not hard for us. Uh, but once you get past that, uh, you're in your yeah. business. I mean, even though I'm, I'm not a big fan of this arcade game, it play this game plays just as well. I mean, uh, it's I don't like it because it's hard. I, it's a hard game. Did it's, you did it, you fiddle with the difficulty settings? I didn't, but I, I I didn't even know that that options menu existed. I you know I've played this <laughs> on all the different platforms, and it's 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 a different beast than Donkey Kong. It's a different beast than Mario Brothers. Yeah, this is a different game. You know, one thing I liked about this, like I think you default at like difficulty four. Mm-hmm. And if you move up, and of course you're artificially advancing yourself in the game, you can do the same thing by just completing it over and over. On level on the level you start with, uh, big fat bad guy just kind of lumbers around. Mm-hmm. He's not very much like the arcade version. No, where of Pluto. he's after you right away. Yeah. And also, the arcade version of Pluto, he'll he'll stand still or jump up and down. Mm-hmm. You know, but if you increase the difficulty, this guy does the exact same stuff. Mm. You know, now I, the one thing I haven't seen him do, and the arcade Bluto can chuck empties. I don't think I don't think Big Fat Bad Guy can chuck them. I, I, I've never seen him chuck them, but I haven't play, gotten very far on the higher levels. It's really tough. Yeah. Because uh, there's many added obstacles. These uh, smiley faces sort of bounce down off, oh, off wow. screen. So there's stuff that's not in the arcade. It game gets real. It gets romantic. Uh, uh, when, when at, at the higher levels, but I like the fact that they just didn't. I mean, listen, uh, games of this era, there was not always a ton of attention paid to that sort of thing. Something else I always thought was funny is that when you get killed, <laughs> once you get killed, your papa falls into the drink, you know. And right before the screen wipes for the next for the next man to come out, you see Popeye's little face pop up out of the water. <laughs> always, always That's thought that, as a kid I thought to myself, he must be he's okay. Yeah, he's crawling back up. Yeah, I, I don't yeah, know I if he did that. on first night. Um, guess what? I didn't find this for sale or review. I didn't find anything about this. And I think wow. this is going to be a lot of the problem going forward. It's funny, coming off the spectrum in the Amiga where you've got these really incredible databases of information, Coco, it, I mean, you're literally on your own. Mm. There are, there's, I mean, you can get the software, but when it comes to like even finding magazine scans, I found some, but they're nowhere near as intricately indexed as the Amiga ones are, so, or the Spectrum ones. So it's going to be a lot more digging to to uh, get get super duper details. I took forever for me to find the ad for this thing. I've been looking for it forever. Mm. It's great. It was worth finding. But I, if you're going to play any Coco game or show one to a friend to get him into it, this is the one I recommend. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I do want to, since this is our first episode, tell you guys that if you're enjoying the show and you'd like to support the Coco Show, you can do so. We've got a Patreon page set up. Uh, It is over at patreon.com slash the Coco Show, which I'm going to bring up and show you uh, if you're watching the, uh, the YouTube video. Um, we've got some different levels of support and ways to support the show. Uh, if you would like to uh, support us at $1 a month, uh, you will be at access to our Discord server. And you're like, Discord server, what's that all about? Well, I'll tell you, the Discord is the greatest thing about this whole shebang. Because there's people from all over the world on there. Our whole <laughs> network of shows, Amigos, ARG Presents, Our Sinclair, and now The Coco Show, all the fans gather there and they talk there. They we talk about everything, you know, not just gaming, but vacations and our favorite food and stuff like that. And it's the incredibly friendly group of people. Like, uh, you know, it's 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 if you want a respite from all of the negativity that you see on message boards and Facebook groups, this is this is the place to be. And I'd love to get some cocoa centric people in there in the mix because a lot of the our Discord people are interested in the cocoa and the dragon, but really don't have have had such limited exposure to it. 
So we're all going to sort of learn. I'm going to relearn together. And it, but the Discord's a lot of fun. Plus, it's great for like getting tips for tech and stuff. I mean, I right. they've saved my booty more than a few times. Absolutely. In there. Uh, at four dollars a month, uh, you become a Coco supporter. And uh, what that means is that uh, we will announce your name at the end of the show because you are really helping keep this show going. And in December, we'll send you an official supporter magnet. Uh, these magnets are, uh, are are pretty cool. Uh, I uh, they they look like a cocoa badge, um, and uh, like I said, we send those out in December. And if you support us at ten dollars a month, uh, you become part of the Cocoa Show Game Selection Committee, and you actually select the games that we will talk about on every show. That we're dead. I can't wait till we get a bunch of committee members because that. That's more fun for me when they pick because I, I, it's nice to play stuff you never heard of. I, yeah. That's what I like about it. And a lot of people are more are more knowledgeable about the games than, than, than maybe we'll be. Absolutely, absolutely. So, um, like I said, uh, we love the fact that you're listening. If you do want to throw us a couple bucks a month, that would really be cool. Uh, our goal is to make this show a weekly show, uh, but we can only ha- make that happen with your support. Once we get enough, um, either 100 bucks a month or if we get enough fans uh, on the uh, game selection committee that we need to run more shows than we will. That's sort of what happened with Amigos. We had so many people on the game selection committee, uh, we had to uh, we had to increase the amount of shows that we were doing. It's a good way to gauge interest, and because we're uh, we're sort of stepping out on a platform uh, with the Coco, but you know we I've been very fortunate to have gotten a real nice stack system, and Boat's always interested in learning about new machine, so it was a natural fit to give it a shot. And I, I think we have a lot of fun. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, we do want to thank we our, uh, our one uh, game selection committee member who's joined. He joined up even before our first episode. He had that much faith in the show, so thank you so much, Wing Chun Wolf. Uh, thank you. It's been great getting to know you on the Discord. Really nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Jeet Kune Do uh, practitioner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, I love that. Yeah, absolutely. Of course, Wing Chun as well. Yeah. Great stuff. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, um, thank you guys so much for listening. We do record the show live uh, most Fridays at 5.30 p.m. Eastern. That's when we start our stream. We record all the shows on the network. You're welcome to join us on YouTube on the Amigos Retro Gaming channel. Um, just like Jason Plevin, Nigel Rhodes, Wishbone is here, Curtis Boyle, Picard 2005, Level Lord. Um, nice crowd, Angus Arthur, 10-Minute Amiga Retrocast. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with us. It's always a good time in the chat. Um, and uh, we will see you guys in about a month. Uh, we are going to play, I forgot, do you remember what We're, it is? I have, I have uh, picked a couple from the uh, vast... Well, well, I hope that you have not, because we actually have somebody that picked a game. Oh, already. we have. We've got a game, so that's great. Yeah. Okay. So well, then I've got one extra if we need it. What do you got? Okay. So we are going to play. Da, da, da. So I scroll back up <laughs> through the chat. Here we go. Downland. Oh yes. Downland. Okay, I've heard of this one. And I would like to add a game to that. Okay. We need. We have to have the double. We're also going to try out Draconian. Oh, okay. Downland and Draconian. It's D. It's a D month. Yeah, absolutely. All right, guys. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next time. Adios.